0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: Israel has had a chronic problem, and that problem is not trusting in God, doubting that God is faithful. We have learned that our God is a God of blessing. He desires and finds joy in blessing his covenant people but in order to find that blessing we need to make wise decisions that is we need to agree with God and implement his truth his purposes into our life and then God is going to demonstrate to us how much he loves us and how faithful he is to his word so let me ask you a question are you making wise decisions are you agreeing with God? Are you taking His truth, that truth that's only found in this book, and applying it to your life? If you are, then you know the faithfulness of God. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Malachi and chapter 3. The book of Malachi and chapter 3. Now, we're going to begin in verse 7 and again we see that old familiar problem for the children of Israel. And that same problem also plagues believers today. We simply do not trust, we doubt, and we turn away from the holy instructions of God. Look with me to to verse 7 where it says, From the days of your fathers. Now, this is not speaking about the patriarchs this is speaking about many generations over and over throughout israel's history what have they done look again at verse 7 from the days of your forefathers you have removed yourself it is turning away it is a removal from and notice what he says my statutes what God has instructed. That same word can be applied to law, God's commandments. There is that tendency not to agree with God and not to obey what God has instructed. And he says, you have not guarded or kept, and that word lishmor speaks of something that you find value in. In other words, the children of Israel have not valued, they have not treasured they have not kept the statutes of god but god is gracious he is merciful and he is willing to receive repentant individuals and how do we know that well keep reading he says return unto me and i will return unto you says the lord of hosts now it could have just said said the lord but we read the Lord of hosts. And that term, Hashem Tzavot, speaks about a mighty God, a God who is able, a God who can overcome all things, a God who is willing to go to war in order that his purposes are realized, experienced, and enjoyed in the life of a believer. And we need to hear that. God, when we obey Him, God is going to bring joy into our life, a joy that you cannot experience in any other way. It is a kingdom joy. Let me say it another way. A heavenly joy that passes all human understanding and reason. Therefore, God wants us to rejoice, but we have to value the things that God values. And then He says... The people are responding to him after God has spoken truth and they, and this is that chronic problem, they make poor decisions. They do not agree with God. What do they say? But you have said, with what shall we return? Meaning we need to return. We've departed from you again. The people aren't seeing things from God's perspective. They're not acknowledging that God sees things correctly and they need to hear from him and respond based upon what he speaks, what he reveals to them. So constantly disagreeing with God, look at verse 8. Now God's going to be very specific. He is going to speak about their unwillingness to be faithful in their finances. So let me just ask you that question. Are you faithful to God in your finances? Are you doing the things that God has commanded? And we read here, look at verse 8. A man, will he rob God? Now, robbing someone, of course, that person who is defrauded, doesn't like that. And we're speaking about God and this term God, Elohim, relates to a judging God one of the foremost characteristics and understandings of God that we should have is this that God is judge and here he says will a man rob God but you and it means in the plural you all have robbed me once again they don't see it that way they don't agree with God but you have said With what have we robbed you? And now God is going to be most specific. He uses two words. The word maaser, which is the Hebrew word for a tithe, giving God, and godly purposes, 10% of your income. And then he also uses the word truma, which is an offering, donating for the things of God, giving of your finances. And we're going to see... There are great benefits when we acknowledge God, that he is Lord, that he is forever the judge. And when we submit, that is when we acknowledge God in our life over our finances, God is going to respond. Our finances, when we are good managers of those resources and we demonstrate our faith, our trust, our submissiveness to God with our money there is going to be a mighty response from God. Look now to verse 9. He's saying here the consequences of not being faithful with your finances. And he says, verse 9, with a curse, with a curse, you are cursed. God, as judge, he is looking, and God is going to extend to you. That is, he is going to send upon you one of two things and only one of two things either blessing or curse here because they are unfaithful with their finances god says look again verse 9 with a curse you are cursed, and me and the emphasis here is me you all have robbed and then he says the entire nation now, here, he's using that term for nation, goy, in a very negative way. He's saying here that you are not acknowledging my covenantal relationship with you. And this gives us a foundational truth, and it's this. If I am not being faithful with my finances, the money that, that I have access to, then I am not demonstrating a covenantal relationship with God. And those who do not have a covenantal relationship with God, and specifically a new covenant relationship through the blood of Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, if you don't have that new covenant, then you are going to be eternally cursed. This is what the word of God reveals. So he's saying all of this nation is behaving as a non-covenantal people. Verse 10. What is the solution? Be faithful. Acknowledge God. Look at verse 10. Bring all the tithe to my treasury house. Now, this is the house. It's part of the temple where the offerings, the tithes were were stored. So it's a storehouse, treasury house. And God says, bring all, not just portion, not just some not just as what's left over but he says bring all the tithe to my treasury house that there should be a portion in my house and this portion relates to food so that the people god is going to use these offerings in order to bless others to feed them to minister to them Now, why is food emphasized? Well, when one eats their food, and this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10, when one eats their food and finds satisfaction, their hunger is met. What are they called to do? They are called to bless the Lord. So this faithfulness of the people to give their tithe and their offering, that there is food available to give to the needy, those who are struggling those who are hungry to bless them is going to bring about an acknowledgement of god among people whereby they will acknowledge him through worshiping him and this is the influence that Israel is supposed to have upon their own people and upon the nations to lead others to worship look at the end of of verse verse 10 where he says and it's an invitation. He says, try me, please, in this. Now, this word, bezot, when it stands alone, when the word this doesn't modify like this house or this person, it just says, in this, we're talking about a primary thing, a thing of great significance. And what God is saying is this, when we are faithful with our finances, and we obey what God's instructions are concerning our money. This is a primary thing, and Messiah taught this as well when he says you can't serve two masters. And he gives two options. You're either going to serve money or you're going to serve God. So that's why it's a primary thing. And notice, look on in verse 10 where he says, said the Lord of hosts, if not, if we prove him, if we demonstrate faithfulness financially to him, he says, if I will not, meaning he will, that he will not open for us. And it's a question, will he not open for you the chimney? And this is simply a means to it go from one place to another. For example, outside and the entrance. It's kind of like what we would call the Hebrew word sinor, which is a pipeline. So it's a direct course. So he says here with this word, arubot, he says there'll be a direct course from heaven unto you. And I will, some will say pour out, but if we look at it, it's a word to empty out, and this is significant. If I just pour I may have a lot left in the, the bottle. But here it's a word for emptying out. God's going to give all. Everything that, that God wants us to have, we're going to receive. And he says, I will empty out. And here again, the, the word that keeps repeating here is the Hebrew word lechem, which means for you. God wants us to obey him so that he will behave for us, that he will do good things and he says, won't I not pour out for you, what's he going to do? Blessing. And then notice how this verse ends, die, which means it is going to be poured out unto, there will not be sufficiency to hold it. Now, what is this a reference to? Well, it's that cup that overflows. There's so much goodness from God, there's so much blessing that it overflows. And this idea of overflowing in, in Judaism, at the conclusion of every Shabbat, we pour a cup, kos yeshuot. Yeshua is salvation, yeshuot is abundant, it's in the plural. And this abundancy is a primary characteristic of the kingdom of god so when we and hear this when we are faithful with our finances and we acknowledge our faith in god with our money we are going to begin to experience god's kingdom reality in our life that's what he's promising and not only that he's going to go to work against the enemy look now to verse 11 he says I will rebuke, lachem, meaning I will rebuke for you the devourer. This word devourer is one that eats up. And God has good things for you. But if we're not in the midst of obedience, see, many people, they're saved. The problem is this. They're not living an obedient life. Will they be in the kingdom of God? Yes, they will. Because Messiah... He takes care of our salvation. His work upon the cross is all-sufficient. But we are cheating ourselves when we are disobedient with our finances. We are cheating ourselves from God's ministry, His activity in our life. There is an enemy that wants to devour the good things that God has for you. And if we're in disobedience, that, that enemy is going to be successful. So look at verse 11. He says, i will rebuke for you the devourer and he will not destroy for you he's not going to be allowed to do that of you the fruit of the land and the vine of your fill won't be bereaved meaning this this word has to do with grieving death and it's saying here the vine is going to be fruitful it is going to produce the fruit so that it sustains life. It's not going to be a vine of bereavement, meaning that which causes sorrow because instead of fruitfulness, there is the opposite of that. There is the emptiness. That's not going to happen. So God, look at the benefits. He's going to bless us abundantly. That, that, that abundance in the plural. Secondly, he is going to... to Rebuke the enemy, and he is going to make the things of our life fruitful. There won't be any any connection to that which is death or loss. This is what he's promising. He says, end of verse verse 11, Amar Hashem Sevot said, and this means it's a promise, said the Lord of hosts, verse 12. Now, not only are these good things going to be a reality, but... There is going to be an acknowledgement of the nations. Look at that next verse, verse 12. And all the nations, literally, it's word to certify you. They're going to acknowledge. They're going to to document with their words, with their acknowledgement that you are the people of God, that you belong to him and God is working. Now, that same word for certified also can mean blessed or happy. So all the nations are going to recognize that you are a blessed and a happy people. For you shall be for a land of delight. And it all goes back to when the term land is mentioned. Land is related to blessing. And we find that God's blessing, go back to the covenant he made in Genesis 12 with Abraham, that blessing is connected to the land. The land is so important scripturally. And that's why those who say God's not interested in real estate, there's no longer any significance to the land of Israel. Those are false teachers. They do not acknowledge God's word and what he says prophetically about the last days. They are in darkness. You ought not listen to them. Listen to those who honor God's word and take his word seriously and literally so he says for you shall be of that good land that that delightful land says the lord of hosts verse 13. now god wants to do all these good things for the people but what are they doing verse 13. strong words this may better be understood as harsh but it's a word strong for strong words against me that's what the people have spoken. You have spoken strong words or harsh words against me, says the Lord. But again, the people don't agree. What do they say? But, but what, what have we said against you? Verse 14, you have said, and notice how far away the people are from the truth of God. This is what they're teaching. This is what they're saying, and you have said it is futile, it is vain for for one to serve God. And notice, that word serving is a word oved in the present, which means it's emphasized. They're saying it's futile, it's vain, it's empty that one would serve God. And they go on and say, and what is the prophet? For for we have kept his charge, And we have walked, how? Sadly. This is a word for gloomy, like mourning. So they're saying, you know, we in this world, when we serve God, it's a gloomy experience. Instead of joy to serve God, it's like we're we're mourning. They're so far removed from the truth. They are in darkness. They do not recognize the joy of the Lord because they are consumed with the things of this world. And it's the same today. If you are emphasizing the worldly things rather than the kingdom things, you're not going to see how profitable, how good it is to esteem and place with the priority of your life the things of God. They are in that same darkness. And furthermore, notice what they say. For they're speaking that we have walked in darkness before the Lord of hosts. Verse 15, and now we are, and it's that same word, certifying. We are our blessing. Who are they blessing? Who do they see as happy? Well, the next word is the word zadim. Zadim comes from the Hebrew word mazid, and what is that? One who, and here's this, hear this. One who willfully rebels against God. One who acknowledges freely his choice of defying God. One who, in a cognitive way, disagrees with God and pursues the things that are against the instruction of God. And what are the people saying? They're saying, these are the happy ones, these are the blessed ones, these are the ones that we certify unto you. Also, the doers of wickedness, they are being built up. And there are those that, that test God, and that is a foolish and should be a fearful thing for one to do, to test God. That is an act of doubting God. And what do they say? And they flee, meaning they get away with it. Well, all of that is falsehood. And it's just to teach us that these individuals are walking in deception. They have been misled. They are false in their approach to life. But notice what it says in verse 16. The first word in verse 16 is a word az, which means then. And it speaks about a change that's coming in the future. Specifically, and we're going to see with the rest of this chapter and especially the next chapter, which in the Hebrew is just a continuation of chapter 3, they say this, then those who fear the lord will speak a man to his neighbor and they're going to speak the context is truth they're going to say the right thing and god is going to to be listening he will listen the lord will listen and he will hear and because they're speaking truth what is god doing he has written in the book of remembrance before him for those who fear him for those who think according to his name what does that mean those who think according to the character of God God is writing it down he's marking and what this is about is what the writer of Hebrew says which is this God's not unjust meaning he's just And he will remember all of your good deeds, all these obedient things that you do, and he's going to reward. Verse 17, they shall be for such people who agree with God. They shall be to me, says the Lord of hosts, on that day when when I am doing, God's going to do something. That word doing means also make. On that day, he says, I am making them what? segula this is a word some bibles say jewelry but it's literally it's used for example in exodus 19 verse 6 for a treasured people god is going to make us his treasure people and what is going to bring that about god's mercy he says and i will be compassionate upon them just as a father will be compassionate upon his son his son that does what his son that is serving him. And this is where wisdom is in serving God. God is going to be compassionate just like a father is upon his son who is serving him. Last verse, verse 18. And, and this could be understood as and you will return or you again. Both of those are proper. You're going to return and therefore there's going to be renewal again you will see and this word for seeing is a word of discernment you will see and understand you will return and again you will discern between the righteous one and the evil one between one who serves God and one who does not serve him what is this saying when we submit to God God is going to, again, give us discernment. We're going to begin to see things from a proper perspective. What I want you to discern from this passage is this, that there are great benefits. Let me say it another way. There are great rewards when we agree with God We walk in the fear of the Lord. We treasure those things that God treasures. And we apply those instructions, those commandments, those laws to our life. We don't remove ourselves from them, but we submit to them. And then we can expect God to move mightily to bless us, to work against our enemy, and to also bring about not only his blessings, but the blessings around us in the things that we do. Our God is a good God. So the question that you have to ask yourself is this, do I want his goodness? Do I want to be blessed instead of cursed? And all you have to do is read this book and agree with God, and God will open up the windows And he will bring into you those good things because God loves to bless his covenant people. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website